It is a beautiful day in Denver, Colorado. Welcome to the Blake Street Regulars 5280 Sports Network. We are on the rooftop at Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street. All Colorado up here, 75 beers and spirits, all Colorado, left and right. I'm happy they don't charge me rent here, but we will be down all season long these game days, so come on down and join us next time the Rockies play in the daytime. And here's hoping they do better in the future than they did today. With us today, Guy, if you're familiar with me, you're familiar with him, uh, my radio partner, my former better half, uh, on a show that appeared a late night on another radio station in town you may or may not have heard of. Ryan Edwards. Hey. How's it going, Ryan? I'm great, you can follow man. Ryan at R. Edwards Radio, as you called it, what? Redwards? Redwards Radio. That's easier to remember. I yeah, like that. I've, I've been told. I like I've been that. told. I, I, try, I tried the R. Edwards Radio thing, and, and I still say it like that, but I also know that. Uh, Others find it easier to say. It rolls off the tongue. At least your last name is Edwards. Mine's uh, S. Drotar on Twitter. That's, I like the accent thing you're doing, though. I, yeah, I have to spell that. Uh, so it's uh, <laughs> at S-D-R-O-T-A-R. Yeah, rocking the accent nowadays. Yeah. Uh, over the A. That's going to probably get me in trouble one of these days. It's already nearly unpronounceable to most people when they look at it. <laughs> Every single time you ask someone to look at my name at first, it's like you handed them a hand grenade with a pin pulled out. And they're like, what am I going to do with this? And now I added an accent. That's the way I market myself, folks. Anyway, welcome to the Blake Street Regulars and our podcast here up at Tap 14 on the outside. Got a whole bunch of people filling in as the Rockies had, well, quite frankly, the worst game of the season thus far. But in the end, they're 6-4 and four after finishing their first uh, road trip, their first homestand. Now they go on, play tomorrow, no off day on the travel day, to go play the, this sounds weird, last place San Francisco Giants out in the Bay Area. What have you seen out of these first, these first handful of games? Look, six and four. Not to use too many baseball cliches, but in five and five. Yeah, I guess I would have hoped for. You know, it's fascinating because some of the things that were so inconsistent about the Rockies in years past, specifically the bullpen, the pitching, those have been the more consistent factors. The hitting has been something that's really excuse the term hit or miss the fact is today is an exa- a great example of it only three hits mustered charlie blackman had two of them cargo had one double coming in late in the game really uh just the bats not getting going against uh you know a prospect basically exactly and you know the padres i think are so frustrating because they are more or less tied together with st- Silly string, to be honest. The entire 25-man roster makes less than Clayton Kershaw. Well, that's yeah, right. Uh, the, they, they replaced all starting five of the, their starting rotation. Uh, their, their best hitter is Will Myers, and he's a very good hitter. But, again, you know, he's hitting over 400 now in, in large part due to what the Rockies were giving up. Uh, you know, the, the fact is – if a team scores four runs on you in the first inning, that shouldn't be the death nail for the Rockies. But not the, in Coors a, Field. Not in Coors yeah. Field, but today it was. Let, let's be honest. You and I were both at the game. Four four zero after one uh, after a half inning. I, I kind of wanted to just go home. Well, you have guys uh, that look at the Mendoza line at two hundred and think that looks pretty good after a handful of games here. DJ LeMahieu, the defending NL champion, he's batting one seventy one. Carlos Gonzalez finally got to two hundred uh, today. You have. Uh, Trevor Story, 129. Alexi Amarista started today. I'm not going to pin that on him because he's a spot guy, a fill-in guy. But you have a lot of issues with the offense as it stands, and you're right. But I'm, let me approach it this way, Ryan, because we've we've done this for a couple years together, and we've watched a few Rocky seasons together. 
when the Rockies pitching has been generally pretty good, granted it wasn't great today. Kyle Freeland in his second ever start uh, got rocked, especially in that first inning, you know, four innings, uh, four runs out of that first inning in his second ever uh, major league game. The problem was Zach Lee for the Padres was also in his second major league game, and, and he looked quite a bit better. But the Rockies pitching on the whole, especially the bullpen, has been actually outstanding. Yes. So do you look at the way it is now and say, okay, the offense will come around. I believe it will. Of course. There's way too much talent. They have batting averages for a reason. It's an average. It will come around. But are they relying on the bullpen maybe a little too much too early? Are you concerned about that early on? Or is the fact that Bud Black's managing now a guy that has way more experience with the pen? I think it's something to monitor. I mean, re- really, that's the best way to describe it. I mean, we're 10 games in, and, you know, your your average starting pitcher is, is not getting you six innings yet. And, and that's not great. Uh, today, of course, we got four and two-thirds out of Kyle Freeland, who really just had uh, some problem with locating. Uh, he, he really didn't really pound the strike zone. You know, it's, it's amazing because as, a, as great as Antonio Sensatella looked yesterday, pounding the strike zone, looking very confident, Kyle Freeland was almost the opposite of that today, as great as he looked on opening day. So uh, it's one of those things to monitor. You know, if we're in July, June, July, talking about the same thing about the, the bullpen having to do four or five innings a day, well, yeah, that's going to be a huge, huge problem. I will say, and, and you brought it up there, with Bud Black, um, so far it does seem like he's making the right moves at the right time. Like it seems like he's leaving guys in long enough, you know. And and you saw an example of that last night with Antonio Sensatella, who ended up going seven innings. You know, there were a couple of moments where you thought, boy, uh, Walt Weiss might have pulled this guy, especially because he's a young kid, you know. But but Bud let him get out there and and, and push a little bit harder. I think he ended up getting 92 pitches, which is pretty damn good through seven innings and worked out of a jam in the seventh exactly. in a one-run game it would exactly. have been very easy for for a guy like Walt Weiss to have pulled him in this case a pitcher like Bud Black and here's been the trick for the Rockies forever guy who pitched as long in the majors as Bud Black did worked with as a pitching coach for as long as he did and then as a manager understands that with young pitchers like Senzatella sometimes and with Kyle Freeland today sometimes you have to to lose the battle to win the war okay if Senzatella blows up in the seventh and they lose that game that's unfortunate but you've sent a message to the kid and says all right we're gonna let you work out of it and maybe you will and maybe you won't but i trust you Mm -hmm. and to a young player that means a lot now he does work out of it he gets the win first win of his major league career and now he's thinking all right this is now two games for me and i'm I'm one and oh i have a low era both i can do this i belong in Kyle Freeland's case, not as good. Bad start today. Hit very hard. Even the outs mm. were hit hard. Could you have pulled him? Sure. Instead, Bud Black said, you know what? Stay in. This is going to happen. And sometimes I'm going to need to have you soak up innings, even if you don't have your good stuff. And then on top of that, I'm not trying to throw him under the bus, Jordan Lyles is the mismatched piece in the Rockies' bullpen right There's no now. no question about that. The Rockies were down 6-0. Freeland runs out of gas. I'm going to put in Lyles. He's, quite frankly my least effective reliever, and you know what? Looking at it and say, if we come back, great, but we're probably going to lose this game. But I'm not going to burn Holland. I'm not going to burn Dunn. I'm not going to burn Ottavino or Estevez in a game that we have a long chance of yep. winning. So, to me, when looking at the way in these first 10 games Bud Black has managed, it's that he understands this is a 162-game season. You're yep. going to lose 50. You're going to win 50, and it's those 62 in between that decide your season. With Walt Weiss, and uh, he's moved on, but our, our complaint, you and I used to talk about this on air, feels like every game he managed was the seventh game of the World Series. Right. And by the end, your guys are gassed. They're well, burned out. And even in a game like this, 
We might have seen Estevez. We might have seen some of your better relievers. Well, you might have seen four or five pitchers you know, in he, that game. Yeah, he'd have Mike Dunn coming in in a game that's a 6-0 dog. I mean, you're done in this game. You know, we used to do the Silver Linings Rockies yes. playbook. And, and, and you know what? You bring up Lyles. You were good for that. Thank you, hey, by the way. Well, well, I mean, it was. In retrospect. It was shtick. I mean, there's no. Look. Cheers to you because on a podcast, <laughs> we can be drinking beer, can which be I drinking. am. So I'm, yes. wait, I'm waiting patiently for mine. I, I know it's going to come, and I know it's going to be delicious. But we used to do the Silver Linings Rockies playbook because more of it came as a result of we'd be in the middle of the summer and the Rockies are bad. And you get to a point where they're so bad that's comical, but we still got to talk about it because what else is going on? And that was, was when there was an offseason at that time. There was an offseason for talking about other sports. But for the Rockies, you know, I, I want to go to this one silver lining today. And that was Jordan Lyles actually did his job today. Now, there was no pressure. so but he, but he did. He stopped the bleeding. Yeah, yeah. So I, I hate to give the caveat of there was no pressure, so, you know, whatever. But he went in. He was two and one-third. Uh, he ended up uh, having one hit batsman and then two strikeouts. No walks, no hits. And that's just as important as, as almost any other reliever. I mean, except for maybe with the closer or your eighth-inning guy, you're going to have to have a long reliever, especially with the, such a young pitching staff. Yes. But the fact is, you're going to get to June, you're going to get to July, and Kyle Freeland's going to have another one of these. He might even have four or five of these over the course of the year. You're going to need a long reliever. You might even need another one besides, I know that uh, you have Russin uh, possibly available, and I'm just saying you're going to need more than just Lyles. But you know, th- there is a point to be said, and I love that you said it there, that Bud Black today made the right moves where in the past Walt Weiss would have burned through relievers heading into this important series against the Giants. Look, these guys, these games count just as the September ones do. Important series against the Giants uh, where you're going to need all those guys. Yeah, that's where experience really does count. I think the Rockies did a fine job hiring Bud Black. Look, I, I understand where the Rockies are. You can't exactly convince Joe Madden to quit the Cubs and manage this team. So there are people that looked at Bud Black when he was hired and said, well, his managerial record is around 500. I get that. But for the Rockies, what you're looking for is a guy who's experienced and can handle pitchers. On top of that, we'll see as the season goes on. The Rockies also have two young catchers right now, Tony Walters and Dustin Garneau. They hope that that Tom Murphy can get healthy, got hurt in spring training, and he'll come up. But the catching's part of this, too. Sometimes you have to make sure your catcher calls the right game. And now you have a guy on the bench in Mike Redmond who played as a catcher for a while, managed the Marlins for a short amount of time. So they have some experience at, at necessary spots that the Rockies, quite frankly, have never, ever had before. So that's pretty exciting. Going into this set up for the Giants, you're now 6-4 and four coming into it. You wish you could have gotten a little ahead of that by beating the Padres. You lose the series to the Padres. That's disappointing, especially after you win one with the Dodgers mm-hmm. and beat Clayton Kershaw. But it is what it is. So the Rockies now go to the to, uh, down to the Bay Area, play the Giants for four. They turn the rotation over. John Gray, Tyler Anderson, Tyler Chatwood, the first three guys in their rotation. Who have been their worst guys. <laughs> have combined for a 6.9 <laughs> ERA. That's the worst one. You're like, oh, great. You're, well, you're facing Madison Bumgarner, too. But, I mean, yes, you're absolutely right. You're your top three guys. So, in that respect, you talked about silver linings a little bit. Your top three starters have a combined ERA of basically seven, and you're six and four. Are you trying to say that it can only get better? Well, no, because we've seen the Rockies. I'm not <laughs> saying that. But I'm saying that given given John Gray's stuff, given Tyler Chatwood's stuff, that there's a lot to be positive about. You think they can go in and compete. I think, like we've talked about over, you and I have talked about it years before on the radio, go on the road, try to, try to hang around 500. Even if it's a little below, just hang around 500. Come back and, and play well at Coors Field. 
Didn't happen as much on this homestand. And you'll be in the mix. But this is an opportunity maybe to kick the Giants when they're down a little bit. Oh, absolutely. No, no question about it. And and you know what? For all the things that are happening with the Rockies right now, the inconsistency specifically. On offense, hit, which is on offense, that's not where everyone expected yeah, it. So, so when you say it's going to turn around, we, we all know that it's going to turn around. Uh, but you're, you're absolutely right. You For all your inconsistencies, this is the time that you kind of need to pull that together. The pitching is really uh, – the pitching's really been, uh, I, I'm not going to say a surprise, because on paper, we thought we were going to see these things, right? We, we thought, you know, the bullpen looks improved on paper, um, and so far they haven't had the blow-ups that we're, we're sort of used to seeing with the Rockies. So there is a sense of, hey, look, they just took down Clayton Kershaw, and they, they handed him some stats that he's never had in the course of his career. And That's, he loses games, but he loses about five a year. So right. you're, pretty, you're pretty happy you and, got and you, one of you them. You got to him early, you got to him at Coors, and, and now you get to go on the road. You know, Madison Bumgarner is just another one of those guys. But, you know, for the Rockies to reach relevance, for the Rockies to get back to where they need to be, part of it is winning these matchups. You have your ace versus their ace. You know, I, I, I guess that right now, especially with Buster Posey being hurt, I'm pretty optimistic, even considering a 6-0 loss. Yeah, Posey hit in the head with a fastball against Arizona a couple days ago. Now, it's not expected to linger, thank goodness, because it was on the seven-day DL. Yeah, but let's face it, you know, Baseball's more fun when Buster Posey's playing, but for the Rockies, they won't mind missing him for a series. Yes. Looking at the, the next game, you got John Gray. John Gray looked really good in Milwaukee for the most part and then worked a little too hard on trying to get ground balls. This is where the coaching matters a little bit, the pitch selection matters. Gray was cruising in that first game in Milwaukee, and then as the pitch count got up because he was striking out a lot of mm-hmm. guys, tried to keep it down in the zone and then became predictable. Tyler Chatwood, and we'll focus on Chatwood in this case. We'll leave Anderson alone. But Tyler Chatwood in his two games, same thing. Goes through the rotate, goes through the lineup the first time, looks really good. Second time, apparently seemingly predictable and gets rocked, giving up home runs. Is this something that you now look at a guy like Bud Black? Remember the the, the pitching coaches of, of Steve Foster and Darren Holmes, the same. But now you look at someone like Bud Black who can maybe look at these guys and say, hey. You don't necessarily, it's great if you get ground balls, but don't go for them exclusively. If you, if you got it going, if you got the mojo working, go ahead and strike guys out. That's what we have the back end of the bullpen for. If you're Tyler Chatwood, now you're talking about, let's mix up what we do. You did the good job the first time through. Now let's mix it up. This seemed to me the first couple times through for, for the rotation with Gray and Anderson and Chatwood was not about them pitching poorly. Their strikeout numbers were good. The Rockies, as a matter of fact, coming into the game today, had the most strikeouts in baseball with 91. But it's about pitch selection. And we've talked Absolutely. about the Rockies' challenges with bringing guys up through their minor league system. How are they getting coached? Is this one of the things where maybe this is something that has slipped through the cracks in the development of all these guys? It's a great point you bring up. And you just got served a delicious-looking I, I know, I know. Delicious stout that is black as my soul, and I am jealous. Here, cheers, man. All right. We didn't do that in front of the microphone. You couldn't hear it, but we did the whole, you know, clinky cheers thing. Well, that it's is baseball season, and we're downtown. Outstanding. And we're doing a podcast talking baseball and drinking beers. Yeah. So, well, I mean, that's you know, what you do at Tap 14. Out here at Tap 14 on the uh, beautiful deck. Yeah. You bring up some some really excellent points there, and and, and the development thing is not going to happen. The changes to development is not going to happen overnight. And now some of these young guys, this Rockies rotation is young, but there's talent. But now they're going to have to learn on the fly. And while there's optimism because there is clearly talent there, mm-hmm. and in a case like a John Gray, top-end talent, yes, 
but you still have to run on the fly. And that means occasionally losing games to the Padres like this. Yeah, and this is the development. And this is, again, you know, coming back to Bud Black for just a moment. I mean, this is, again, why hiring him was such a stroke of genius. And I'll, and I'll say it that way. It seems a little strong. I'll say it that way for a couple of reasons. First of all, it represents going outside the organization, a change of philosophy, something that we haven't seen for the Rockies in so long. And then secondly, you know, he's going to be able to see this and be able to coach these guys up, have that conversation. Hey, look, um, you know, a little bit of coaching moments out on the mound, a little bit of coaching when they go back and take a look at things. And and, and that is something that, again, you know, uh, how many former pitchers have the Rockies ever brought in as managers? That would be none. Zero. If I remember correctly. Compl- yeah. Zero. And, and so, you know, you represent a philosophy change, not only going on throughout the organization, but a philosophy change in the type of manager that you have. This is a former manager of the year with San Diego. This is a, a former World Series winning pitcher. Uh, you know, of course, uh, he, he's just... Yeah, with the Royals back in the Yeah, that's day. right. Yeah. That's right. Your Royals. The old that's black right. and blue combination with Vita Blue back in the Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, that, that for me, so when we talk about what, what the Rockies are known for as far as developing pitchers, I think there's going to come a point where we can get away from that, Sean. I mean, I mean that sincerely. I think there's going to come a point where we can say, you know what, that's not what defines the Rockies anymore because they are bringing these guys up the right way and they're learning the right way. And I, I think it's really going to start in some ways with Bud Black, even though he's not completely in charge of the farm system. And guys like Kyle Freeland, when you see him up, a, a, a kid that grew up in Colorado, when you take a look at it, you think, all right, this is someone who isn't going to be bothered by the altitude because he grew up in it. And, and he's young enough that he grew up with the Rockies already being a major league team. So none of it's really all that peculiar to him. And, and Black's the kind of guy that understands that you you play where you play. You can't change it. You can't fix the altitude. You can't do any of that. So you, the idea just would be to outduel the other guy. So looking at, at the back end of the bullpen, I'm going to touch on that real quick before we go and, and look at the offense, which has been a – you know, a challenge going forward at the moment for the Rockies. But the back end of the bullpen, two major free agent signees, Mike Dunn off the Florida Marlins, Greg Holland taking a chance off him, the former Royal that was a Miami a, Marlins. That yeah. was uh, Oh my gosh, I slipped up. You're right, <laughs> that's Miami okay. Marlins. Sorry, no, I, I tend to not to correct. You're right, you're right. They changed but. to it. A differently atrocious color scheme. <laughs> my bad. Right. So the Miami Marlins Mike Dunn comes in. <laughs> And you get Greg Holland last seen uh, finishing in the top 10 in Cy Young voting twice with the Royals, even as a reliever. These guys have come in and essentially not only solidified the back end of the bullpen, it's looked elite with Dunn as the setup guy. Holland coming off of Tommy John surgery, the Rockies didn't expect to be full speed till maybe May. Instead, he's come in, pitched in five games. He has five saves in those five games. Oh, and his ERA is zero. I'm trying to think of times where the Rockies have had the confidence level of two veteran guys that can slam the door. That's got to be something with a young rotation that feels a little better that if you get the lead, you don't feel like you have to strike out everybody to keep it. I was listening to Adam Ottavino the other night, and I'm going to answer your question, but you it kind of comes. Forgetting to mention Adam yeah, Ottavino back looks, to health, who in the now you have a seventh inning guy. Yep. I do not want to equate it to the Royals two years ago or the Indians last year. Right. But you are seeing the teams that are successful have a clear 7th, 8th, ninth inning guys. With the Royals, you saw it, uh, and Holland was part of that originally. Uh, you saw it with Andrew Miller and the setup guys with the Indians last year. When you can basically shorten a game to six innings, mm-hmm. you have a tremendous advantage. Now, don't know if the Rockies have done that, but they're trying to build to it, and the early results have been very good. No question about it. So listening to Adam Ottavino the other night, and uh, he talked about how this is not only 
the best bullpen he's ever been a part of. He says there's a sense, and he says, if nothing else for me, there's a sense I don't want to let the other guys down. So when I go in to pitch and when I go in for my turn, and, and by the way, Bud Black, we haven't talked about this just yet, Bud Black has done such a good job at telling these guys when they're going to be pitching that night. He doesn't mess around. It's not a situation. It's like, this is when you're playing. This is when I'm in. Now, nothing's changed, but this is when I'm expecting to put you in tonight. So be ready to go. Yeah, and, and they, I they love know, that. They know what their roles are. They know their roles, absolutely. And I love that. Weiss, Weiss was always so haphazard. Again, we talked about it. Every game was game seven of the World Series, but it was still very haphazard. It, it, sometimes it didn't seem like we knew exactly why he was making the choices that he was making. Everything so far with Bud Black, Again, you know, even though they're six and four at this point, even though they're that record, and they lost six zero today, I can say that that he has at least managed that part well. But Adam Ottavino saying that is so telling to about the mentality of this bullpen. And you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of your Royals, man. That's what reminds me. Their 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 win yesterday, all right, is a great example. You got a pitcher going seven innings. You bring in two guys. They shut it down. And you're out of there. You get Justin now. Now you'd like to get some more runs, especially at Coors Field, but there's just there's just a sense of that confidence, the swagger, if you will, the juice, as uh, as, uh, Vance as Joseph. Joseph calls it, the juice that's happening. The leader of men is yes, heard. yes, that's happening right now uh, with that bullpen. Um, it, it's amazing to go from the biggest weakness of your team might now be your strength, Sean. It it is very. Uh, it's an interesting situation, and when you bring up that bullpen stuff, one of the catches about it not being haphazard is you understand when you know your roles that you won't be warming up all the time. And this is one, to me, this is this was the insidious little cancer that infected the Rockies under Walt Weiss over the years yep. because they didn't have a consistent role in the bullpen, because they were managing every game so tightly. The problem was not the pitches the guys threw in-game, not the ones that were in score sheets, but you had four or five pitchers warming up every night. Those 30, 40 warm-up pitches, they don't count against you officially, but your arm only has so many bullets over the course of a season. And when you realize that those guys aren't doing that night after night, it gives you hope that the Rockies' bullpen won't be worn down by the end of the year, especially if the young pitchers can start going six or seven innings. So now the Rockies go into San Francisco, John Gray, Madison Bumgarner starting it out yep. for a four-game series. I think if the Rockies now, who are, are two games over 500, can come back from this series at 500, they'll find themselves in a good position. They tend to play pretty well against the Giants on the road at AT&T, don't they? I mean, that sin tends to be... Uh, a park that they they just for whatever reason because it's a pitcher's park and you think with a team that has this kind of lineup would actually love more hitters parks like Chase and then they play well at Chase too but for some reason they head out to San Francisco and, and they've gone toe-to-toe with the Giants even when the Giants are playing well and, and we just talked about it no Buster Posey they're scuffling a little bit they're the the, the bottom of the NL West Sure, Madison Bumgarner is going to be a challenge, but so is Clayton Kershaw. There's just a sense of you can string together some hits, be smarter about baseball. Look, today, they must have had a billion pop-ups. I don't, I don't know. I don't have the statistics in front of me. It just seemed like pop-up after pop-out. And, you know, that's something that you're going to have to not only get on base, you're going to have to play some smart baseball. You're going to have to take the runs where you can get them. And... You know, I, I, I got to believe they're going to take they're going to take this series somehow. They're going to get two or three. Well, it's been a tremendous, uh, interesting first ten games for the Rockies. I'm excited about where they go. I don't know where they finish, but there's a difference between a team that is 
talented that you don't know what's going on and young as opposed to a team that's mixed match parts which is what the Rockies have been for the last couple seasons so this will be interesting to see how it goes we'll have Ryan Edwards back soon enough remember uh, Redwards Radio I like that I like that it's really R Edwards for Ryan Edwards but Redwards Radio easy to remember you can also catch him every morning with his partner danny williams mile high sports 1340 a.m 1047 fm in denver make sure you catch that he's the one that's not yelling all the time <laughs> actually i end up yelling a lot he's more the this. sensible one so make sure you tune in i start and yelling him. at danny so uh, is that i don't know if that counts well, so we are down here at tap 14 19 20 blake you come on down they will be here all rocky season long you know how nice summers in denver's are especially up at the rooftop the misters are on out here which helps because uh Back back at the old place, he used to call me the Arctic Fox because I don't really like super hot weather. So the uh, the misters makes me feel a little bit more like home. So for Ryan Edwards, I'm Sean Drotar. This is a 5280 Sports Network production. We'll catch you next time.